I'm J.P. Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as the Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching the Magic. Hi, Kiki. Hi, Tuesday. We are talking about the Roger Rabbit shorts this week. Uh, yeah, way, way long ago, back in when we were first doing the show, we did Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the all-time classic, the only movie where you can see Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse in the same film. So, it's been a long time coming, but I think it's time we actually take a look at the spinoffs that came from this. The three theatrical shorts that were inspired by this film. So, yeah. 1988, Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out. And it was a co-production between Disney and Amblin Entertainment, which is owned by Steven Spielberg. Because of that situation, uh, the character, the Roger Rabbit characters are 50% owned by Disney and 50% owned by Amblin Entertainment, meaning that both sides would need to agree for anything Roger Rabbit to be done. It's kind of why we haven't had a sequel. Remember this, this will be important later. Okay. So they decided to do three shorts that will be theatrically released. And uh, they these shorts are on Disney+. Plus. Two of them are individual shorts on the service that you can search, that you can uh, search for and watch. For some reason, the third short is listed as an extra on the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Why do they have them like that? I don't know. Probably because they do not have... I mean, I don't know why they would bundle it with the movie that way. But it might have something to do with the fact that two of the the films, um, I think, are still owned by by Disney like two of the films that the Roger Rabbit shorts came uh, aired in front of are still owned by Disney but the other is definitely not owned by Disney and is its own weirdness in rights limbo <laughs> uh, thanks Warren Thanks a lot. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. But the I... The first one... Yeah, the first one was released with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, Disney classic. Mm -hmm. And the third one, I believe... Where was it? Third that's, one... A yeah, far that's off a place. far off place. So that's still Buena Vista and, you know, 
not as well remembered as Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but the you mi- know. Yeah. It's still there. The middle one, Roller Coaster Rabbit, was released with Dick Tracy. <sighs> which the, fil- the film is owned, was released by Disney, but all of the rights into it, including the character rights, are owned by Warren Beatty. And I appreciate the pettiness of Warren Beatty, that at least once a year he will film something in character as Dick Tracy to officially qualify it as a sequel so he can retain the rights just so Disney doesn't have them. I appreciate the pettiness, Warren. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, but the problem is, is that Warren Beatty got mad because they wouldn't let him make a sequel. Because it bombed. Because it bombed. And honestly, having seen that movie, the best thing in that movie is that it had a song written by Stephen Sondheim. Madonna sang the hell out of that song. Except... Madonna is not the best person that's ever sung that song. I have seen dozens of people sing that song over the years in Sondheim concerts. It is a favorite of Broadway legends. I have seen Bernadette Peters sing the hell out of that song. I have seen all kinds of amazing uh Broadway voices sing the hell out of that song and every single person I have seen sing that song minus one or two like you know high school you know performances uh have sung that song better than Madonna every professional singer I have ever seen <laughs> sing that song has sung it better than Madonna sorry Madonna but not sorry um that song is the best thing in that movie and that performance is not even the best performance of that song. <laughs> so there may be a reason why they never let you do a sequel, Warren. So while I also appreciate the pettiness of hanging on to the rights, um maybe there's a reason nobody wanted you to do a sequel. And his, it's not even him wanting to do a sequel, but wanting to do a sequel with him insisting on playing Dick Tracy. I mean, I appreciate that he can still fit into the costume after all these years. He's 85. I don't think anyone's going to pay to see a movie about an 85-year-old Dick Tracy. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive that you're still the same body size after all these years, but... um. Dude, there's a time to, like, let someone else have Give someone else a chance, yeah. Have it, you know? Which probably won't happen until the character enters the public domain. Which is probably... I mean, there are characters I love. There are characters I love. There are characters I would love to play. There are, you know, things I would love to see. But my love for them... If I somehow got the rights, there are things that I just know, like, you know, I can't do that. 
either at my age or with my health or, you know, other things, I am not the right person for that. So I would still love to see that portrayed. And I do not have the sort of ego that goes like, it must be me or no one. Like, maybe have a little less ego, Warren. Uh, You know? He's really vain. He probably thinks the movie is about him. Uh, that movie, because of the rights issues surrounding that movie, it is literally impossible to find. Yep. But uh, that was not the original plan. Uh, Spielberg wanted the movie to go with uh, his movie, the movie he was producing, Arachnophobia. And there was a huge clash between Spielberg and Michael Eisner. And Eisner pulled rank to put the movie in front of Dick Tracy, feeling that the that Roger Rabbit is a recognizable character that people will pay to see Dick Tracy just to see a Roger Rabbit cartoon. It also, can you work. imagine the tonal shift? I mean, you know, arachnophobia does have humor and, and, and all in it, but can you imagine the tonal shift of, like, going to see arachnophobia and your lead-in? Is a Roger Rabbit short? Yeah. That is some whiplash. But the this clash over Roller Coaster Rabbit is the reason we're not getting anything Roger Rabbit right now. Because Spielberg was so angry over this decision that he pulled the rights from Disney to produce anything Roger Rabbit. There were there was already a fourth cartoon in production called Hair in My Soup, H-A-R-E, which got canceled mid-production because Spielberg pulled the rights because of Roller Coaster Rabbit not being with arachnophobia. Because he pulled the rights, there were three more cartoons that were in pre-production called Clean and Oppressed, Beach Blanket Bay, and Bronco Bustin' Bunny. That never got made. So somewhere in the Disney archives, there is a half-finished Roger Rabbit cartoon and probably unproduced scripts for three more Roger Rabbit cartoons that we will never see because Spielberg didn't get his way. Props to, again, I appreciate the pettiness, Stephen. Appreciate the pettiness Stick it to Disney, but that's why we're not getting any new why we're not getting any new Roger Rabbit cartoons, why we never got the Roger Rabbit sequel, why we were supposed to get a Roger Rabbit land in Disney MGM Studios. The area that is currently uh the rock and roller coaster in MGM Studios, Hollywood Studios, if you prefer, was supposed to be Roger Rabbit's Hollywood Land, which was supposed to be sort of a... It was supposed to fit the vibe at the time of MGM Studios' classic age of Hollywood, golden age of Hollywood-style vibe, and still put you into the world of Roger Rabbit. There was going to be a maroon cartoon stand. There was going to be a red car diner. And there was going to be three rides. 
One of the rides was going to be a clone of Roger Rabbit Cartoon Spin, which is in Disneyland. And one of the rides was going to be a roller coaster based off Roller Coaster Rabbit. We did not get that. Instead, we got the Rock and Roller Coaster with Aerosmith. Again, I appreciate the pettiness, Steven. But what we could have had versus what we got. Instead of Steven Spielberg, we got Steven Tyler. It annoys me. We we never got that. I mean, the last time I was at Walt Disney World was still when it was MGM Hollywood Studios, you know. And as much as I was into the Disney Princess vibe at the time, man, did I love the MGM Studios bit. It was such a cool concept. You know, as as we'll talk about more, you know, Roller Coaster Rabbit even has them in Florida. In, in Florida, you know, it's it's a shout out to Florida. It's supposed to be a tie-in. Um, they don't specifically say like, "Hey, we're in Disney World," but you're supposed to get that idea since it's supposed to be a crossover mesh. Still, they left it kind of open. As to what exact park they were at. It, it's kind of obvious. Yeah. I believe still today. There's still a billboard for Maroon Cartoon. Somewhere in that park. A, a remnant of a land. That never got built. But uh, let's actually get into these shorts. Since. Uh, since we've, we've already talked about the backstage politics. So three shorts were were produced. The first one was released in 1989 with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which is Tummy Trouble. This one is the most familiar if you had only ever seen the original Roger Rabbit film because it begins almost exactly like that original short at the beginning of the original film. Most of it seems to be the original animation, too. You have Baby Herman in a crib. You have the mom saying, hey, take care of Baby Herman or something bad is going to happen to you. It's the exact same setup, which it's a, it's fair to kind of give a sense of familiarness to the audience who may be seeing, who may only be familiar with the film. But then it goes into a different direction. Roger pulls out a rattle to stop Baby Herman crying and Baby Herman swallows it. Total ship as we end up in the hospital. And that's our setup. And the rest of the the rest of the shorts are just hospital jokes. Which work in this case. We never see in the film that Jessica Rabbit is ever part of Roger's work life. Like she has her own gig down at the club mm -hmm. but in the setup of all these shorts Jessica is an actress who plays a part in yeah. Roger's shorts yeah she has a cameo in each one of these shorts uh, the first one she plays a nurse the second one 
the second one, she's a centerfold in a Playboy magazine. Probably another reason why it's as an extra in the movie and not, you know, a separate thing. Well, and 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 she has the the other bit. I mean, we'll get to that, but yeah. Um, and then she's the park ranger in the third. The park ranger in the third, but um, but it's interesting because she's apparently an actress at the the same company in in the little world that we're seeing in these shorts, which is slightly different from the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also get, we also get cameos from droopy in all three shorts, which makes sense because at the time of the original film, droopy was an MGM owned character. So it would make sense because Disney and MGM had a working relationship at the time. Now, through the course of the first film being produced, and we get this short, a lot of things changed because um, a lot of MGM's library prior to 1986 was eventually sold to Ted Turner, who needed content for his networks. And eventually, Ted Turner, the Turner Corporation, was bought by Warner Brothers. Somewhere in the nineties, uh, yeah. So it is kind of a weird thing to technically see a Warner Brothers owned character in these shorts, but technically not a Warner Brothers character when these shorts were made, because Turner is still credited in the credits of these three shorts, uh, but not Warner Brothers. Yeah. So I mean. Because now he's just thought of as like a another Cartoon Network character. Yeah. Um, but which he is now. But at the time these were made, it was an MGM mm-hmm. thing. But uh, the thing is, is that yeah, there there are there are still some some solid jokes in here, and of course the the problem with a lot of the the Baby Herman, uh, Roger Rabbit stuff is that it's it's a lot like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. It's it's mostly visual gags. Yeah. Um but you you do have the thing of the you know baby Herman swallows the, the rattle so they end up in the hospital to try to get the rattle out and then Roger ends up burping the baby and then you get all the, the joke about like the he burps up a kitchen sink in an old boot and all this other stuff. What is this baby eating? Well, I mean, he does what all babies do. It's like, Puts oh, there's a mouth. thing in yeah. front of me. I'm going to put it in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he finally burps up the rattle and Roger's very happy. But then Roger accidentally uh, swallows the rattle. But. The doctor comes in and saying, "Well, we got someone swallowed a rattle." This and and Roger is is doing the little dance because the rattle's inside him, but it's still making the rattling noise, and that's making the baby shut up. So he's just dancing around, making the rattling noise, and the doctor hears it and goes, "Oh, this must be the baby I'm supposed to operate on," and takes him to the the operating theater. 
Mm-hmm. And Roger's just screaming, anesthetic, anesthetic, give me <laughs> anesthetic. You know? Yeah. Like, like, say what you will. I mean, like, like, this does feel like a classic Looney Tunes short, even though this is a Disney produced cartoon. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got the the right humor beats, which I do like. I mean, if, if you like that old style of, of humor, you know, if you like that Looney Tunes style of humor very and that kind of very Tom and Jerry kind of, you know, feel uh, where it's mostly just wacky sight gags, then this is very much a that that kind of thing and it works Mm. um the the jokes do land it's very funny if that's your type of humor Mm. um and they've got the uh very james bond kind of laser (laughs) thing in the operating theater which they call the hair splitter in a beautiful gag right there yeah but but it's set up like the no mr bond i expect you to die like it's that laser from the bond movies for no particular reason um and then you've got the the idea that baby herman wants milk and for some reason jessica rabbit as the nurse is pushing a cart full of milk bottles down the hallway i'm not sure why um but herman you know baby herman is like ah milk you know it chases after her um which Causes all kinds of mayhem. Droopy is there as an elevator attendant. The same role he had in the film. Yeah. Um, and, you know, which is which is also just a, a throwback to Droopy cartoons as well, you know. Yeah. Um, they have a whole thing in the, in the elevator where they get... Or no, it's that they end up on the laser, which goes flying. It somehow ignites and goes <laughs> flying, and then it uh, crashes crash into a body. bunch of oxygen tanks <laughs> that are in the the hospital, and you know shoots them up like a rocket, and then they fall down, and uh, Roger coughs up the rattle, and they're happy and. Then, then he gets the bill. <laughs> and then Roger gets the bill, which is the most uh, realistic American part. <laughs> At least for yeah. Americans. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's the most realistic part of the thing, because they are, they are shown to be in California in this one, because when they fly up in the air, you see the map, and they're shown to be in California. Um, but... And it ends uh, in a very Tom and Jerry way with Baby Herman eating the rattle again as the cartoon closes. Yeah, and then we cut into the real world and you hear the adult voice of, of Baby Herman. Herman. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, I don't want to have to to do that, that again. I'm sick of swallowing that rattle and, yeah, you know. How many takes you got to like, take on that thing? And, and it's like. 
Yeah, I mean, like, he goes off to hit on some woman that's working on the production and everything. There's a then... nice, there's a nice reference where we actually see. I mean, there's a nice little. They pull away fast enough that you don't see it happen, but you actually see they actually have have one of the attendants bringing Herman a cigar. Yeah, but they cut away before he lights it up, which is while a refer- nice reference to the film. Keeps it Disney enough that they can show it in front of a family movie. Yeah. And then uh, Jessica wanders up to Roger and says, you know, let's let's go home and play. And Roger's like, oh, you know, what are, what are we playing? Parcheesi or whatever. And she's like, oh, let's go play Patty Cake. And he's like, oh, yeah. And right, so there's there's your movie reference again. And uh, they wander off the set and that's that's the credits i mean it's it's cute and it ties into the movie and which again you know it, that's that's like the ending gag of all three of these shorts is that we eventually end up back in the real world at the end of the cartoon which again a a nice nod to how that original short ended at the beginning of the original roger rabbit film where the cartoon ends with us panning back from the cartoon and seeing the the set and we're in the real world and the movie can actually begin which is you know it's it's good and we get the same director from the from the film Raul J Raul so there's, there's another another connection to the to the film so yeah i mean this is of the three shorts this is the most self-contained because the other two shorts the ending of the cartoon just ties into them breaking into the real world. While they don't break into the real world until after the plot of the cartoon has ended. Yeah, they they finish the, the cartoon and, and then, you know, they they have a cut and then, you know, it's just them going home after their, their work's done. Yeah. And uh, we haven't we haven't mentioned it, but yes, they've made the effort to bring back all of the voice actors that voiced them in the movie. So we got Charles Flesher as Roger Rabbit. We got Kathleen Turner as Jessica Rabbit. Uh, Lou Hirsch as as the adult voice of Baby Herman. April Winchell as the baby voice of Baby Herman, as well as uh, Baby Herman's mother. So yeah, the, the effort to bring back all of the original voice actors. The fact that they actually got Kathleen Turner to come back probably put the uh the the budget of these cartoons a bit higher than your average disney short and the fact that they probably at spielberg's request to keep the same high quality animation as the film probably didn't make these cheap to produce either so maybe so maybe cutting maybe spielberg cutting them off wasn't uh was probably good for disney financially but again uh, as a fan of these kind of cartoons, uh, I, I do regret what we lost. But from a financial standpoint, maybe Disney kind of wiped their brow and go, oh, that's one problem we don't have to face. And, I mean, honestly, this was the first short they had done in quite a long time. It's just 89, so the last short was what? Uh, that would probably... The, Mickey's I think Christmas like the Carol? Winnie the Pooh short? Winnie the Pooh, or I think it was Mickey's Christmas. Well, we're talking about short shorts, or because I remember there was Mickey's Christmas Carol in like '81 or something like that. No, I, I'm just talking about like uh, 
a short that they put like in front of a movie. So yeah, it probably was like a, a one of the Winnie the Pooh shorts. Yeah, something like that. But the this was, I mean, Disney occasionally still does shorts in front of their films to this day. So it probably brought that style back. Uh, yeah, but it it had been well over a decade since they had done anything like this. As an individual cartoon, this actually isn't bad. Again, there's enough uh, familiar elements from the film that you can appreciate it. But even if you've never seen the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit, there's enough in here that you can kind of get the gist of what's going on. And the fact that it is a self-contained short uh, helps that. You will be confused why they're in the real world at the end. Yeah. If you yeah. don't, if you don't know who Roger Rabbit is, you will you will be confused by the ending. Yeah. So let's go to the second cartoon, Roller Coaster Rabbit. Now, these next two shorts were filmed completely at the Disney MGM Studios, which also is a nice joke. The fact that. The, the the county fair that they're at is in Florida, since it was animated in Florida. So the plot of Roller Coaster Rabbit is uh, Roger, Baby Herman, and his mother are at the local county fair. And Roger can't wait to get on the ride. But uh, Baby Herman's mother says, well, you can't go on the rides because Baby Herman is too little to go on any of the rides. So we're just going to enjoy the other uh, county fair experiences. There's actually a few Disney gags in the background, including an advertisement for See the Little Wooden Boy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Mrs. Herman uh, actually ends up leaving Roger and, and Baby because she wants to get her, her fortune read by Lady Clarabelle. So we get another Disney cameo in here. Well, and it's also a joke because, of course, April Winchell is the voice of Clarabelle. <laughs> so that's that's an inside Disney joke as well. <laughs> so yeah, the, so the whole so the whole cartoon is, but as this is going on, Baby Herman is playing with a red balloon, and he ends up losing the red balloon. If you've ever been to a Disney park and you see what happens when a kid loses their balloon. Yeah, that happens. So Roger says, hey, stay right here. I'm going to go get you another balloon. And as he's off getting another balloon, baby Herman sees a red balloon on the dartboard wall and goes, balloon, and wanders off into the dart range to go get the red balloon that's on the dartboard wall. And... Of course, then Roger goes, no, that's dangerous. And, you know. Yeah, but he, you know, again, there's the gag of him going into uh, Baby Herman's little bassinet and pulling out a bunch of stuff, including the aforementioned Playboy magazine with Jessica as the centerfold. Me thinks the adult Baby Herman has had that in there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I think that wasn't supposed to end up on screen, Roger. <laughs> Why is there a picture of my wife in this magazine? Yeah. Um, but, you know, then, then of course, it's the classic gag of the sweet, innocent thing keeps crawling into danger and the caretaker keeps getting hurt, 
you all know the gag. You've seen a cartoon before. Uh, if not, welcome to the first cartoon you've ever seen. Go watch them. They're fun. Um, of course, the gag of the shooting range that Baby Herman walks into is all the targets are shaped like rabbits. Yeah. And then Roger walks right in and then all the guns are pointing at him. Yeah, instead of the little ducky shooting range like you would normally see with the BB guns there. And then, of course, those BB guns are... Live ammunition! uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's apparently... Well, they are shown to be in Florida, so... Yeah, that's true. Not exactly out of the realm of possibility, unfortunately. Um, But then the... uh, the weirdest one is when baby Herman goes into the bull grazing pen. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's county fair, so live animals are a thing. Well, it's not weird that there's a bull there. The, the weirdest thing is that the joke that they put in there where the balloon goes up under the bull and baby Herman cli- climbs under the bull to get the balloon he grabs when something he reaches, red yeah when he reaches to grab the balloon which is under the bull's back legs he grabs a different thing that we never see but Roger just goes no baby Herman that's not the balloon <laughs> and then the bull gets very angry and starts to gore Roger uh, uh, again that's probably another reason why this is an extra and not a separate uh, entry. There's a lot of jokes that probably that would probably be considered adult humor. We've got bodily humor. We have gun violence. We have adult magazines. Yeah, and this, and this one was, and this was what before D- Dick Tracy. Yeah, I mean, and and, and Dick Tracy was a, a slightly. More adult movie than the other two films that had the the Roger Rabbit short in in front of it. According to what I found out, this is the only one of the three shorts that did not get a a G rating. This is actually a PG rated cartoon. Yeah, I mean, it kind of deserves it. This is the only one that maybe if you're showing them to your young kids, you might want to watch this one first and decide if it's appropriate for your children. I don't know. Um, it's it's not anything too over the top, but there are a few things that an older child might ask some questions about. I don't know. Um, but eventually, but, they, after getting chased by the bull, they eventually end, end up on the titular roller coaster about... Yes. Halfway we finally get to the roller coaster. We finally make it to the fireworks factory. <laughs> oh yeah, we finally get to the roller coaster. They get on the roller coaster, and they think everything is hunky dory until we get the world's largest roller coaster dive, so high that you can see the rest of the South. Yeah, and that's how we find out we're in Florida. Because at the crest of the climb, you can look down and see the entire map, and now we know we're in Florida. Yeah. So yeah, this um, is, and the, this is the rest of the cartoon. It's the second half of this cartoon is all on the roller coaster. 
Yeah, and it's just the danger of the roller coaster as the rest of the cars go away and the car they're on falls apart and there are signs that say don't stand up that, of course, they're standing up and Roger whacks his head into and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the the really weird thing is when Jessica shows up in here because she's actually tied to the train track, uh, the, the roller coaster tracks. Um, and I droopy. <laughs> Yeah, by Droopy, who is is dressed up kind of like Snidely Whiplash, um, and uh, the the interesting thing is that she's tied up and she's going, "Help me, help me!" And then she goes, "I said, help me!" <laughs> I just love that guy because he's talking in that very soft, breathy voice. Help me, help me! What? Help me, help me! I can't hear you. I said, help me. Which which is really funny for for Kathleen Turner, you know. Yeah. Uh, to to do that because of course her doing that that breathy Jessica Rabbit voice, and then of course she does have that rather commanding voice, deep that deep commanding voice. Roger is trying to he's doing the bit where he's trying to stop the the car with his feet and his feet end up catching on fire from the friction. It hurts him so bad that he ends up crashing through. Um, and somebody screams actor on fire, actor on fire. And they start putting him out. Yeah. They, they, they go from the train tracks, break into right into the, they crash right into the camera and we're, and we're in the real world again. Yeah. But I want to I want to back up just before we get to the the real world section and talk about the fact that this has as we've we've mentioned in other cartoons one of my favorite cartoon gags which is the entirely dark setting and all you can see is their eyeballs and fire cuz it's Robert Rogers feet on fire and one of No my this favorite- is just before well, well yeah this is just after he he sets on fire so you can see Rogers feet on fire and Two sets of eyeballs. And the eyeballs split off. There's four different eyes going in four different directions. And eventually the eyeballs have feet and the (laughs) eyeballs are running around. So you (laughs) see the the fire trails from Roger's feet. And then each eyeball has two sets of feet and (laughs) they're running around. I mean, there's so many really inventive animation gags you can do with no background and just eyeballs. Yeah. It's it's so great, and they use it to perfect effect here. And it's like what a a thirty second sequence, I think. Yeah. Where they just kind of stop for thirty seconds, and they don't animate a background. It's just a black background, and they just do eyeball gags, which I love. So I really, really appreciated that because I was kind of getting like, okay, I'm kind of getting bored of the roller coaster gags. I've seen every permutation of a roller coaster gag. And then they went into the dark, spooky, you know, dark ride roller coaster tunnel. And I was like, oh, they're going to do like, you know, strobe lights or whatever. And then they went into an eyeball gag and I was like, okay, I'm back with it again. (laughs) I mean, just, we're good. This is what I like. 
just recently, I think within the last year or so, they did a similar cartoon to this with Bugs Bunny for HBO Max. So it's not uncharted territory. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's a thing. And you'll have to send me a link to that because I want to see it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's one of those things of there are certain tropes that that are like your favorite. And whenever it it pops up in in media, you're like, oh, I really like when when they do that. This is my comfort food, and I just I love animation eyeball humor. <laughs> so yeah, at the end, Roger and, and Herman crash into the camera because Roger's feet are on fire. He burns the film. Yeah, he he ends up crashing into the camera, and the film spools out of the camera, and of course because. We're in the the forties, the the thirties, forties, you know, era in the context of the world of Roger Rabbit. Uh, that particular type of film stock is highly flammable, and it goes up, and you hear the director screaming, "No, my cartoon!" And you know, it's like we're um, going to set this back up, and you are going to film this scene all over again. And he says, uh, not this hair cue ball. And then he just leaves. And baby Herman is like, no, I can't deal with this anymore. You know, the, so. Um, so, yeah, there's a, we, we have baby Herman at the end during the credits. He's, he's walking about. He's got his robe on. Lit cigar this time. Talking about how he can't deal with Roger messing up take after take after take. And then we get his assistant. Bringing him the balloon because apparently she can't tell the difference between Baby Herman the actor and Baby Herman the character. Yeah. So he goes, Here you go, baby. I brought you your balloon. Then he pops it with a cigar. Then we get a, what's the matter, toots? Can't handle a little bang. Yeah. Again, this is a PG rated cartoon, not a G rated cartoon. It's a, a little more jarring fourth wall break because. It it pops straight from the action of the the cartoon directly into the the real world, quote unquote it, setting. It feels it feels like they couldn't figure out an ending for the cartoon, so they said, "Well, why don't we just they, why don't we just blast them to the real world, and then they mess up the set, and that's the end of the cartoon." That's what it feels like to me. But honestly, this. I like it, but I don't love it. This the, the second one, maybe because I'm getting the jokes now. Because when this movie came out, when this short came out, we were kids, so a lot of the adult humor went over my head. But now, as an adult coming back to this cartoon, I kind of get the adult jokes. But I don't know if the parents would wanna put their kids in it. Like the 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 first short, Tummy Trouble, that can work. Showing that to a little kid because it's no more violent than your average Looney Tune cartoon. No more violent than your average Tom and Jerry cartoon. People show their kids those cartoons all the time. No problem. Generations grew up on those cartoons. This one is a little... The jokes are a little bit more adult-aimed. To me, I think the first half of the cartoon works. And the second half of the cartoon doesn't. Because I think once you're on the roller coaster, there's not as much 
inventiveness with the jokes. Like, yeah, the jokes are tropey at the beginning. Because, yeah, it's really just, oh, baby is in trouble, but he doesn't get hurt and Roger gets hurt. Yeah, that's a trope. But it's funny for a reason. And all the... All the dro- all the jokes in the first short were tropes, but we still laughed at them. Even though we've seen all those same jokes in how many cartoons before, you know? None of those were new jokes. Once you get the roller coaster gags, there's not really very many ways to do them. You're literally on rails. I mean, they even do they even do the train gag with the girl tied to the track, so and ironically, that was the only one that made me laugh because they found two ways to make that funny, which is that Droopy didn't want to be there either. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that Jessica, like, switched her voice up. You know, the 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 joke about Kathleen Turner's voice was funny to me. Hmm. Um, but the, the actual, like, visual gags of the the roller coaster didn't work, and that's literally half the, the runtime. Um, and until you get to the dark bit with the eyeballs and then I liked that because they did some inventive stuff there because there's lots of you're you're given free reign in that environment you don't have to deal with the roller coaster track stuff anymore mm-hmm. um, and they did some inventive stuff I had not seen before mm-hmm. which I liked but when you're stuck on the roller coaster tracks there's not a lot of new ways to do that it's it's a lot of literally the same gags. So I think that's what hurt that one. I think mm-hmm. the first half is kind of interesting because, yeah, you're doing the same basic jokes, but, you know, there's different timing and different ways to do that, and it ends up still being funny. I don't think there's a lot of ways to do that roller coaster bit without it being the exact same thing. I, li- I agree with you. I liked half this cartoon. Definitely, the I will put this low of the three. Uh, we do get two more actors I hadn't mentioned yet. We get Corey Burton doing Droopy, and the 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 great Frank Welker as the bull. Because <laughs> if you need animal voices, you call Frank Welker. Yep. He will also be in Trail Mixup. He plays the bear, and I believe he also plays uh, the beaver. Yep. So uh, let's get to this final cartoon, Trail Mix-Up. The plot of this cartoon is that Roger, Baby Herman, and his mother are at Yellowstone National Park. Nice uh, nice gag there. And they're going camping. Uh, Baby Herman's mother is going hunting. Uh, It's too dangerous to take a baby hunting. So he's going to... She's going to leave baby with Roger while she goes out 
hunting, and if anything happens to the baby, rabbit season starts today. It's Just, a good threat. Yep. Speaking of, we, you mentioned Kathleen Turner's voice. Uh, this is 1993, and by this point, Kathleen Turner's voice has changed. And going from the two earlier cartoons to this one, oh, you can tell. Time has caught up to Kathleen Turner at this point. Yeah, it, it, it has a bit. Like, her voice is definitely deeper. It sounds a bit older. And, like I said, the last two cartoons were 89 and 90, respectively. And this is 93. No disrespect to Kathleen Turner. She's an amazing actress. She's a Hollywood legend. But her voice definitely doesn't sound like Jessica Rabbit anymore. By this point. Like, her whole thing is she comes in, she does the one scene. Uh, Roger tries to teach baby Hermit how to start a fire. In comes Jessica as the park ranger. Again, you can very much tell that Kathleen Turner's voice has changed as she's gotten older. She says, you boys know what you're doing. Does the only you can prevent forest fires gag. And then she's gone. And I think this probably has the most adult joke of all. Because as soon as Roger sees Jessica, he really grinds on that, uh, on his log there. Yeah. And, and she says, only you can prevent forest fires in a. Very sultry way, and uh, Roger bursts into flame. <laughs> As he, yeah, it's like that feels like that's the most adult joke of the three cartoons. But yeah, yet yet this somehow still got a G rating. I mean, I, I'm not sure it's really any more of an adult joke than. You know, a wolf seeing a hot woman and doing the awooga awooga hard eyes joke. Mm. You know, he just sees her and bursts into flame. It's just, it's. Roger ends up burning their little stash of food, though, when he does that. And Careful, so he, baby Herman, stand back. You don't want to burn your wiener. Yeah, he that that's probably the more adult joke. He he goes trying to look for more food in the tent and doesn't keep his eye on the baby. And so, you know, baby goes looking for, you know, sees random things like a caterpillar on a log and ends up flicking it onto Roger who freaks out and is like, ah, bug, and, you know... Then later, Baby follows a bee and ends up climbing a tree to, you know, and a bee hive falls on Roger's head and we get a not-the-bees kind of moment from Roger. <laughs> There's a funny gag here, and you really only notice it if you're watching this, like, frame by frame, because when Roger is spitting out the bees... Each of the bees has a different Disney character face on. Like yeah. one has Tinkerbell's face, one has Mickey Mouse's face, one has the genie. 
and one is uh, the bee from Winnie the Pooh. So it's it, like it's it is like a single frame joke too. Yeah. So you have to watch this whole cartoon frame by frame to get all of the gags. But the other bees, the regular bees in this cartoon are all drawn in 40s gangster muscle man style. Even even calling uh calling Roger a Goomba. Yeah, they they come back oh like, hey Goomba, what you doing? You know. <laughs> um yeah, they they turn into the shape of a biplane and chase him into a lake. That's a double joke right there. Because you have the, the, the gag of these tiny little creatures. Like, sometimes it's bees, sometimes it's fish. They did the, that fish gag in, in Finding Nemo, and they do the, that with other uh, Disney cartoons. But the biplane chasing somebody, that's a, that's a reference right there. Yeah, there's there's your Hitchcock reference for you. Yeah. Um, but and then we do just a straight up Spielberg reference, and it's not a parody because we actually get the credit to John Williams for the Jaws theme. Yeah, for the Jaws theme at the end, where Roger ends up in the lake, and when he surfaces, he sees a shark fin chasing him to the Jaws theme. Which uh, makes him panic and and get out of the water. But then we pan down under the water and there's Droopy in a little scuba suit pedaling a bicycle (laughs) on the bottom of the lake bed (laughs) that controls the shark fin. And he's just like, I like doing that. (laughs) It's a cartoon. It makes sense. Uh but uh now we get to the where it really gets weird because we get a beaver involved <laughs> oh yeah the beaver and and eventually from this beaver who chops which baby down, herman thinks is a doggy because he goes doggy <laughs> so yeah the beaver chews down the trees and the trees end up going to a sawmill there's a sawmill right next to a public park yeah in a national there's a sawmill in a national park and apparently the beaver is working for big lumber yeah it's a cartoon we're, cartoon. we're not asking questions it's a cartoon. and they end up going into the sawmill which ultimately ends again this is one of those you have to freeze frame the cartoon at just the right moment because the whole sawmill portion ends in a Splash Mountain joke. This is 1993. Yeah, the, they, they, it's, it's another one of those baby keeps ending up on thing that could be dangerous. And Roger is chasing him and ends up getting whacked by the dangerous thing. Uh, which through. is good gag, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the end. He ends up going through a, the song, getting sliced into tiny little Roger rabbits, and he follows Baby up on the giant stack of of logs. And he's another adult joke. Baby, I'm glad you're safe. I almost dropped a log back there. Yeah, but, but the end, uh, yeah, they end up riding one of the logs down the flume. And if and if you pause it at the right moment, the log has a bumper sticker that says Splash Mountain. Yeah, 
This is 1993. Splash Mountain just opened up. Got to yeah. advertise. But the the thing is, is that at at one point the the log does end up on the log flume, but then it turns into a log flume ride, and they all take the position of riders, which <laughs> I did actually laugh out loud on that one because I don't think I ever saw this one went in theaters. I mean, you would have to have seen a far off place, and I don't think anyone really saw a far off place. <laughs> I did, but I think I saw it either on VHS or on TV. Mm. So you wouldn't have seen the cartoon. So I would I wouldn't have seen the cartoon bundled with it. Um but yeah, so I, I don't think I ever saw this one before, but so when I realized they were doing a log flume park ride joke i was like oh actually that's kind of really inventive again with the splash mountain bumper sticker on the back of the log yeah uh this one kind of ends like the the other one ends where you know they're on the the roller coaster and the roller coaster goes awry and it launches them into the real world this one kind of does the same thing except they end up in a you know, geyser in, in the the river and then the river ends up in a geyser and the geyser you know uh ends up i gotta shooting say them over the hollywood sign and the you know it, i gotta say that the explosion of the geyser is probably the best transition into the real world of the three shorts because like you can't even tell like you the the water goes off, rocks hit the screen, and then we're in the real world. Yeah, it's a really good blend of the animation and live action at that point. Because usually you're... They kind of blended it in the, the roller coaster one with the darkness and fire kind of helped mask a little bit when the studio lights fell over and you know it 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 helped break that immersion a little bit but the this one i agree with you is the best use of that because in the in the first one the transition comes when they pull back from the the um, yeah, the end screen sign, and the transition ends up being that the end screen sign is in the real world, and just the faces are animated, and the act there's there's crew members holding the end screen sign, which is just like a big piece of cardboard that's painted to look like animation, um, and so it's. It's a decent transition effect, but it does kind of, you can see the matte lines and, you know, everything. So it does kind of break a little bit. But the third one, when the, the water and the, the rocks and the pullback occurs, it is fairly seamless. Mm -hmm. And it's really impressive even now, because like you said, that's 93 and it still holds up even in high def, so. 
Yeah, and they get blasted all the way from from Hollywood, California to South Dakota, the real Yellowstone Park, and they crash right into Mount Rushmore. And ILM did the live-action special effects. Internet, uh, Industrial Light and Magic, that's... um. That's Lucas. Which, which at the at the time was still under George Lucas's um, full control. Yeah. So they did the live action effects for for all three shorts. Yeah. So the effect of the the cartoon. So you have Roger, you have Herman, you have the beaver and the bear that they crashed into during the log flume, all flying into Mount Rushmore. And and the faces on Mount Rushmore go from actual Mount Rushmore into an animated screaming position as they see them coming. Yeah, and and for again, it's another one of those gags that you have to pause at the right moment to see because ILM actually made an actual model of the screaming presidents on Mount Rushmore. As the as the cartoon characters are crashing into it, and here's an interesting thing: the uh, the voice of the screams of Mount Rushmore is actually John Cassier, also known as the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> so there you go, voice acting legend there. Yep. So they've destroyed Mount Rushmore, and. The explosion has blown off all of uh, Roger and Herman's clothes. They're walking around naked. Herman is kind of covering himself up. Roger is in his underwear. And they do the the, the trademark, you know, uh, Roger's clothes is now on a stick. And it looks like the American flag. You have the bear walking on a crutch. Herman does not have a drum to beat, but he's walking around covering himself because he's naked now. While he's while Herman is just bad mouthing Roger, Roger, you destroyed a national monument. Although, uh, depending on who you talk to, they might see that as a good thing. Yeah. Oh please, Herm. Oh please, baby Herman. It's not like it's the end of the world. And he kind of puts his his clothes flag on, and then it pops the world like a balloon. I think that that part was a little much in terms of ending. It feel it felt more like let's get some CG animation into this cartoon. Well, the thing is, is that it, it, I don't think that that was the only part of the cartoon that was done that way. The, I think parts of the sawmill with the logs was also computer animated. The first two shorts were entirely hand-drawn but this one was done using the cap system which we've talked about before in the early pixar films and and beauty and the beast and all that they were beginning to to put that into this and presumably that's what the the other ones were gonna use if spielberg had not canceled them mm. Uh, because Spielberg was also a big believer in pushing computer animation. I mean, he's one of the founders of DreamWorks. Yeah, I mean, a as you can see from what DreamWorks ended up doing. 
So I, I am sure had these shorts gone on, they would have become more and more, uh, dependent on that system. Having seen, now we've seen these three shorts, do you think that they should have, if, if, if Spielberg had not pulled his, his permission, his 50% permission from these cartoons and they had made more, do you think that these would have had the staying power to do the four cartoons that were planned? I mean, the four cartoons, yeah. Um, but the, my other, my other problem with them is this is a cute idea for two or three shorts, mm. you know, and maybe you could have stretched it out to the number of shorts that they originally planned. But here's the thing is that the Roger Rabbit and Baby Herman idea is exactly as funny as the length of time it appears in the movie. You know what I mean? The original it's, film? It's, yeah, it, it in the original film. The idea of Roger Rabbit was a big star because he starred in these cartoons that were really funny in the to audiences in the 40s where he was the babysitter for this, you know, wacky baby that got in trouble. Is a cute idea and the funnier idea is that it's really like a 60 year old man who just happens to look like a baby because he's animated that way <laughs> like you know mm -hmm. like that's that's the funnier joke and then that is also about as funny as it is for the length in the movie you know, that's like, that's a funny joke for about 40 seconds and then you move on. I think they would, they should have tried and maybe they would have if they'd gone further is separate Roger from baby Herman. And maybe try something else. If they were going to keep these going. And I get the whole point is Roger Rabbit and baby Herman. That these were technically advertised in universe as baby Herman cartoons. Which is fine. Roger Rabbit just happened to be in a baby Herman cartoon. But I feel like if you were going to keep these going. And have different ideas and try to, to. To keep the momentum that you would need to have Roger on his own. Doing. You know. Like the next cartoon was supposed to be. Uh, a restaurant. where Roger working at a restaurant. Maybe they could have made that work with him without the baggage of Baby Herman. And the, like, like you said, the idea of innocent character doing, going through very dangerous things and not getting hurt is tropey. But after watching these three cartoons in a row, I was kind of tired of it. I mean, I already have a problem with like, I can only maybe watch a Tom and Jerry cartoon once or twice a year mm. because I don't particularly like Tom and Jerry cartoons. I, I just, I just don't, you know, it's like you can watch one and you can go like, oh, okay, that's cute. Can't really stand an entire movie of them. But 
or just like 30 minutes of that same joke over and over and over again because it's honestly just the same joke repeated at least with a Bugs Bunny cartoon each Bugs Bunny cartoon is the character doing a different thing you know it's like you put this character in a random situation and it's generally funny because the character's funny and I think Roger Rabbit is would could do that you know Roger Rabbit is just kind of a clumsy character who doesn't quite understand where he is and what's going on and that is funny in different situations so maybe you put him in a restaurant or maybe you put him in you know a different setting here and there and it's going to be funny you know Roger Rabbit stay on the farm is possibly a funny joke you know mm. roger rabbit becomes a to toll booth taker for a day or something you know like there's going to be different situations that are going to be slightly different where he can get up to shenanigans but i'm not sure he just chases around a baby and tries to keep him safe is going to be funny to me for longer than the amount of time we watched these cartoons for for this podcast. And these are like eight minutes short, so it's only like a half an hour. Yeah. And honestly, by the time I finished watching these shorts, I was like, you know, that's all I ever want to see of that. <laughs> and considering the third short ends with the end of the world, not a bad way to go out. Yeah. So, like, um, I would have... Yeah, maybe. But would I watch Raj Roger Rabbit again in something? Yes. Am I interested in it being a Roger Rabbit and Baby Herman in-universe cartoon? Probably not. Mm. But I would watch Roger Rabbit gets a job at a restaurant as a short. You know? Mm-hmm. If it was just him by himself in universe doing something. Or I'd watch another follow-up Roger Rabbit movie. Like, what is he doing now in the quote-unquote real world of that film that they established? That might be interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of people who've tried to make it happen. Dizzy themselves tried to make it happen. But as I've said... 50% of the film rights fly with Amblin Entertainment. And when was the last time Spielberg worked with Disney? Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if if they could ever cobble out any sort of agreement. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy's got a really good relationship with Disney right now. Yeah, um, we, we didn't and... mention that. But, yeah, one of the producers, other than Spielberg for these three shorts, was Kathleen Kennedy. So, I mean, you know, and he's and he's mellowed out uh, in in recent years, you know, mm -hmm. um, so it, she might be able to go like, you know what? It's time. It's, you know, it it might be it might be time to to do another something. Oh, yeah, I forgot. He did West Side Story. 
Which was not oh, yeah. originally which not originally was made for Disney. That was before that was already agreed upon before the uh the buyout. The buyout. But he did, you know, the Disney did release that movie, so there's some kind of relationship there. So yeah. maybe not a movie. I don't know if we can do a movie, but I would love if Spielberg and Disney and, and honestly, I, I think I think it's it's maybe you know with with a lot of the the actors having passed maybe now, but there there might be some cartoon stuff that you could do with Roger Rabbit as a character. I'm just not sure if Baby Herman is the way to go with it. Mm. But I think Roger Rabbit as a character, especially in animation, mm-hmm. has some things. And you could have him pop in and out of the quote-unquote real world. I mean, we, we, we did get have him do that cameo in the Chip and Dale movie, which is kind of sad that that has been the only Roger Rabbit anything we've gotten in the last 30 years. I mean, I think it would be funny to see him do a, a what would mainly be an animated show and Disney occasionally Plus. do real world like She-Hulk kind of breaks. Mm. Where he occasionally just pops into the real world and goes, hey, Mr. Director, you know, can you work with me here or something? And there's just like a guy in 40s clothes off to the side going like, okay, Roger, yeah, yeah, sure, you know. And then like he just pops back into the the cartoon world and the story continues, you know. Mm-hmm. And like maybe some stuff changes about the the writing or whatever, so things go slightly more in his favor, you know? Like, I think that would be funny. I mean, in the age of streaming, Disney Plus does need content, so a Roger Rabbit streaming series wouldn't be the worst thing ever. Again, I would agree, uh, you know, maybe one, one or two of these Baby Herman shorts just to get the the familiarness back into the groove, but, you know, split, then split them off, have Roger do his own thing, his own situations, and, you know, keep that... that the the that, idea could be that, like, after the events of the movie, he's got a new series of, you know, something. I mean, the fifth, you know, it, w- it would only be a few years before the t- television became a real thing. So why not? This is the Roger Rabbit show if it had existed in the 1950s or the 1960s. You know, he could be a Western star or something, you know? I don't know. Uh, A Hanna-Barbera-esque Roger Rabbit show. Oh, that would be fun, you know? But, I I mean, I would would probably watch that or give that a, a... you know, at least a try, you know? Yeah. So there's there's a lot you could do with the character. I'm just not sure that this format, the way they did it, to tie into the movie is what would play now. So let's 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 wrap this up. Kiki, 
does the three Roger Rabbit shorts have the magic? Oh, I, I think they're they're definitely cute, and they're at least worth a, a watch. I, I think that the um the roller coaster one in the middle, you know, the, the back half doesn't hold up as much as the front half, uh, except for the eyeball gag, which highly recommend. Uh but you know, the other two I I quite liked. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. I think again, uh Tommy Trouble will probably be the most familiar compare especially if you watched only the first movie. Uh the Roger Roller Coaster Rabbit the weakest of the three trail mix up actually is pretty good. So if I had to rank it, I would say tummy trouble, number one trail mix up, number two and roller coaster rabbit third. But yeah, I would say definitely has the magic. These three are definitely worth checking out, especially if you liked the, the movie and you're wondering what they did afterwards. And uh, I will agree. I wish that Spielberg and Disney would come together and do something with Roger rabbit again. Cause I think this character this character is too good to not do anything with. Yeah. I I agree with all that right down to your ranking of the shorts. So let's move on to next week. So, uh, as we've talked about, we took, we just mentioned the buyout, uh, because Disney bought 20th century Fox, they own all of the 20th century Fox movies. So we're going to talk about one of them, one of the very rare 20th Century Fox animated movies, Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. We get to talk about Tim Curry. And Robin Williams, which we haven't talked about in a very long time. Before he did Aladdin, Robin Williams did Fern Gully, and we get to talk about that. And yes, we get to talk about Tim Curry singing a very lusty song about pollution. Can't wait. So, yeah, come back next week for Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversation online on Facebook at Rewatching the Magic. Twitter at Rewatch the Magic. And, of course, new episodes every week at RewatchingTheMagic.Podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it. If you want to help the fight for human rights in the U.S., the American Civil Liberties Union works to protect constitutional rights for all Americans. Their website is aclu.org. If you need reproductive services in the U.S. or wish to donate to those who do, go to abortionfunds.org for more info. The battle isn't over until the last person surrenders. The fight continues.